morning. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone here this morning. Welcome to those as well uh, worshiping with us online. Uh, we are certainly looking forward to uh, this today, of course, and next week as well, uh, as this upcoming week on Wednesday, we return to kind of normal and next Sunday, Sunday school again. Uh, so we are very excited about that. We are thankful that you are here to worship with us this morning as we come to celebrate our risen Savior. At this time, I would like to ask you to please stand as we uh, are called to worship for the reading of the scripture. And if you would, please remain standing upon the completion of the reading. This morning, we will be reading from Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the, people, of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. For he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Remain standing as we sing. Mighty is our God, mighty is our King, mighty is our Lord, ruler of everything. Glory to our God, glory to our King, glory to our Lord, ruler of everything. and exalt your name. 
we've come with a realization, our Father, that we have very little control in this life. But you have it all under control. Let us rest in that assurance and seek to be about your business day by day. Stir our hearts this morning as our pastor comes to share your word with us. Anoint him of your spirit, empower him. We pray, our Father, for those of our church family that have special needs, illnesses, some in the hospital, others recuperating at home, and others, our Father, overwhelmed with fear. And so we pray, Lord, that you might just comfort in a very special way those troubled hearts. Breathe upon us, O Spirit of God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may receive. successful young evangelist by the name of Luther Bridges. He was from North Carolina and he was preaching a revival here in Kentucky. Reverend Bridges was also a hymn writer and had recently published a new hymn that was already a congregational favorite. While preaching here in Kentucky in March of 1911, Bridges' wife and children joined him to visit parents in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Near the conclusion of the revival, March 26, 1911, there was a fire 
at the parents' home in Harrodsburg. Bridger's wife and three sons died in the fire. Even through tragedy and loss, Luther Bridges, for almost the next 35 years, continued to preach and sing the gospel to congregations from America to Poland and from Czechoslovakia to Russia. In Harrodsburg Baptist Church, June 1996, a troop of Russian singers performed the hymn that missionary Luther Bridges had brought to the Russian people uh, almost seven decades earlier. Harrodsburg Baptist Church is just five miles from the site of the Bridgers family tragedy. These Russian musicians brought back his hymn to, to a place that represented the lowest point in his life while singing words that represented one of his highest achievements. They proclaimed Luther Bridges' testimony. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Would you join me in standing as we sing this hymn together? Peace be still. I'm excited this morning to have Judy Courtney Young visiting and singing for our service. We've known Judy for a couple of years. She's been very uh, programming for senior adults, and she's been helpful. Matter of fact, we went on a cruise together last year. Judy, <laughs> they have a thing called karaoke on cruises. Some of y'all have been part of that. I mean, the whole group of our people and a bunch of other folks followed her every night watching karaoke. We couldn't wait until the next night. So this is not karaoke, but I'm delighted. Sweet Christian lady, Judy's going to share with us this morning. Come on. Hello. <laughs> ready to do is a very powerful song. Um, one of my favorite gospel singers is Lauren Daigle. And this song is called Everything. 
And I use this a lot. I listen to this song every day because it's, it's a way I can worship because it lets me know how mighty my God is. So I hope you enjoy it. children's sermon and Miss Sherry Osmond is going to come up and lead that this morning so if you're a guest here you have your children here with us the way this works is we want to invite your children through fifth grade to come on up and you'll come take a seat up here in the um, uh, the choir loft you'll want to uh, 
certainly uh, grab a seat up there. And then uh, we have uh, Miss Sherry's going to do a lesson, as well as we have a special gift for you here. So all children at this point. So. Here's your microphone. Hey, how are y'all doing? So you're the only one that's doing good? Are y'all doing good? Guess what happens this Wednesday? Does anybody know? What happens? Are they distracting? Everybody, let's just stare at Mr. Daniel. He keeps talking. <laughs> You're right. We get to go back to church on Wednesday nights. It's been since March. Yay! Who's excited? Yay! I know. It's going to be so much fun. So guess what we're going to start doing on Wednesdays? Esther's cheating because we talked about it in the car. What are we doing, Esther? Children's choir. That's right. And so look, this is what we're going to do. It's called Hotel Noel. Now, Benjamin and Esther can't answer because they heard this in the car, too. Does anybody know what the word Noel, where it comes from? What does Noel mean? Does anybody know what it means? No? Is it, what kind of, is it, a, is it like a, a word you use at Easter? Or on St. At Christmas, that's right. Have y'all heard the song Noel? Miss Sherry doesn't want to sing in front of all these people. Well, there's a Christmas song. Ask your parents to play it when you get home, okay? So, Noel is a Christmas, it's from a Christmas song. You want to sing it, Benjamin? <laughs> no. I'm going to tell y'all where it comes from, okay? There's a word, a Hebrew word called Norad L. Sit down. And the first two letters are N-O, and the last two letters are E-L. And so it makes Noel. And it means born of God. So Noel, the reason that it comes from Christmas is because it means born of God. So I'm going to tell you all the story about it. So this little family right here, see them in the red car? They're trying to get to their hotel, but they get, they get stuck by snow. Do you have your, does it snow here? Yeah? Sometimes. You want some snow this Christmas? Yeah, it'd be fun. So they get stuck. So they, they have to go off the side of the road and they find this little hotel. It's called Hotel Noel. Well, real, the kids are really disappointed because there's no lights. There's no Christmas tree lights. There's no Christmas tree. There's no decorations. There's no Christmas wreath. And so they feel really sad. But you know what's really cool? The four people that run the hotel, guess who they are? They're angels. And they're running the hotel. And the reason they're running the hotel it's because they want to teach people the true meaning of Christmas. Is Christmas, do we have Christmas to open a bunch of presents? No. What about so we can eat a bunch of food? What about getting together with family? No, is a trick question. Why do we have Christmas? Why do we have Christmas? That's right. We don't have Christmas for any other reason than to celebrate God. So these angels are going to teach the, children, or teach the children and the parents about the real meaning of Christmas, Noel, which means the birth of Jesus or of God here on earth, right? So there's eight parts, eight big parts. So we're going to have to have everybody come and practice. And it's going to be so much fun. Ms. Sherry's really excited, okay? So normally y'all have someone pray. Who wants to pray? Anybody? Benjamin, are you raising your hand? <laughs> you want to pray? Well, come on down. Look, there's a microphone right here that's already on, so you can pray, okay? But I want to make sure you guys come. It starts at 6.30 this Wednesday, okay? So everybody that's listening online, too, if you want to bring your kids, it starts at 6.30. It's grades um, four, four years old through fifth grade. But I'm, sometimes I'm known to pull sixth graders. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and pray, sweet girl. In Jesus' name, 
Father, I thank you for this day that you made us to worship your word, O Lord, that as we keep on going to school, Lord, that you give us strength to go to school and, and that we won't be sleeping. Oh, in Jesus' name, and to ask you, amen. Amen. Good job, sweet girl. Okay. Oh, and look, there's um, a little word search on the bottom of the stairs with all of the little Hotel Noel words you can find and uh, candy on top of it, so everybody can get a little copy of that. and gives you something to do during church, okay? your book up here. Yeah, I can use it. So that. Okay, I'll raise this. Not that I use it. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. I want to welcome our online audience as well. We are excited. Uh, next Sunday, I want to give you an update. Some things going on. Next Sunday, we resume Sunday school. Our service times are going to change. This week, we start back on Wednesday night. So let's go over our schedule for Wednesday night. We have Bible study right here at 6.30. Now, for our online crowd, we, you can still watch as well and participate online. We're going through the Gospel of Mark. But you can wear your mask. We'll be here in this big open area. It'll be a safe environment. And I want to invite you to come Wednesday night, 6.30. We have a choir as well. It'll be downstairs in the Fellowship Hall. Youth group with Zach at 6 o'clock. Hotel Noel with Miss Sherry and... Ms. Shea Lyons and uh, Amy Kelly will be down just checking the children at the Children's Welcome Center. Um, now, the youth and the children, what, we have little thermometers. We'll take their temperature, uh, you know, creating a safe environment. But I do. That's this, this coming Wednesday. That's September 9th. Next Sunday, Sunday school starts back. Sunday school is, the Sunday school hour is now from 9.15 to 10.15. So that's a little early. I actually love this service time at 10 o'clock. Uh, Sherry, I've told you, this is actually my perfect time to go to church at 10 o'clock. It's not too early, not too late. 10 o'clock is, is ideal. Um, but um, 9.15 Sunday school. Worship service is at 10.30. So that will be the new worship service time. This starts next Sunday with that. Now, say, Daniel, what about our classes? Five classes aren't re ready to resume yet. Um, the classes are in my weekly email. They're online. We have them at the Welcome Center all around the church. If you don't know, you don't have the internet, just give me a call here at the church. And I can, if your class isn't ready to meet back, I can recommend a class for you. Some of our class locations have changed. One class that we'll be meeting in here at 9.15 is Todd Ott's class. So if you're looking for a, a large area that's not enclosed, you can come at 9.15. Todd, any age, right? Any, anybody's welcome to come. 9.15, and that way you don't have to go to any of the downstairs rooms, and you're in a wide open environment. Todd's class will also be on Facebook Live. You know, the, our, our broadcast team will, will publicize that. So that is next week. That's September 13th. So I want y'all to come. Uh, it's exciting. A lot of things are starting back. Um, you know, slowly the, uh, things are getting more and more busy with school and sports and activities. Uh, so that's next week. Um, you all know, everything you want to know is on, I email out, I'll send you a weekly email, let you know everything going on. So that was, uh, you can just follow along with that. There's some other things going on as well with a cookout, college Bible or house, but, but definitely note, note those service times changes for next Sunday. Matthew chapter 6. We are in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to look here and answer two questions. Question number one, how do we store up treasures in heaven? Bible, Bible tells us, Jesus tells us to do that, to store up treasures in heaven. Question number two, how do we not worry about our lives? Do you worry are you frightened and fretful and fearful about things? If you turn on the news, um, certainly, especially certain news channels, 
Their job is to scare you to death. I mean, literally, this is the, I've been told this is the most important election in the history of not just America, the whole world. History of the world. I mean, that's how important our election is. The, the coronavirus is the largest pandemic in the history of mankind. I mean, you can just, whatever it is, this football season will make or great, make or break the history of all future football. What happens is extremism, this ideals of uh, the most radical thing you can say is what people tend to, to clickbait and lurch onto. And it's easy to fall for that trap. And I think what we're going to see here in the Bible is Jesus is going to tell us, you and I, that we are called to live a different way. So oh, go ahead and open up your Bible, Matthew chapter 6. And for our online crowd, I do hope um, someone shares our uh, a bulletin so you can follow along here in your bulletin as well and, and see the sermon notes with that. All right, we're going to read this scripture. We're going to read it, then we'll come back, we're going to talk about it. Verse 18. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness... How deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. All right, next section here. We're going to come back in a little bit and talk about that. What well, we just talked about treasures in heaven versus treasures on earth. There's a difference that Jesus makes. All right, here's anxiety. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a moment to his lifespan by worrying? And what do you worry? Why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon of all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith, so don't worry, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But look at this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to give you a picture of the context of how Jesus was speaking to them. I have a picture here of the Sea of Galilee. This here is the location of where the Sermon on the Mount was preached. Jesus, that's the Sea of Galilee, is standing on top of this hill, grassy hill, and there are roughly 5,000 plus people sitting, listening to him speak. 
So his voice was able to project down, down to them. That's how they could hear this. So he's standing there just talking, sharing, sharing this three-chapter sermon with the folks eagerly listening. And they're probably wondering about these things that he just spoke about. And the things he spoke about is the possessions. The people there were poor. They did not have retirement funds. They did not have financial safety nets. They were just common folks listening to this itinerant evangelist saying, guys, you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve two masters. And then you don't need to live your life is worrying about tomorrow. So what happens, he's on this hillside and he says, consider the wildflowers, consider the lilies, and probably the people, they're sitting there and they're looking over and think, well, there are the wildflowers. There are the lilies over there. And you're right. They do not worry. The wildflowers do not wake up in the morning wondering, is it going to rain? Am I going to get some food? Will God provide for me? God provides for flowers. And if God provides for flowers, He will surely provide for us whom have souls that we were created in the image of God. <clears throat> Today's Elizabeth's birthday. She's 13 years old today. So I now have two teenagers. So I read this magazine here. It's called Parroting Teens. It helps me be a good parent, if that's possible. All right, here we go. These are the stats. And this is, has to do with worrying anxiety. Here it is. You know, they say, like, 84% of stats are just made up. So who knows if this stuff is accurate? You always wonder, when you hear these statistics, did they call me, did they call you and ask these questions? But who knows? Here it is. It's in the, new, it's in the Southern Baptist Parroting with Teens newsletter. What, worrying, what is worrying teenagers the most since COVID-19 broke out? So here it is. If you were between 19 or 13 and 19 years old since March, here is what's worrying teenagers. So just in case you're sitting here wondering, I wonder what teenagers are thinking about. Probably Zach is thinking of that, but this is for you, Zach. Number one, anxiety. Isn't that sad? Teenagers are anxious. Anxiety is being nervous. It's worrying. It's this restlessness. You're constantly thinking, what is he thinking about me? How am I going to pay for this? How will I handle this? What is she going to do? You're always wondering. I have no idea what to, how to handle this situation, what to do in this. Jesus is coming along, teenagers. He's coming along you saying, why are you anxious? What is there to worry about life? It is, is going to make no difference in your life by being anxious or worrying about it. It does not affect the outcome. God holds the future in His hands. We cannot predict. We do not know what's going to happen in the future. God is telling us we are not to be anxious about tomorrow. We live each and every day for the Lord. Just like Jesus in that picture. Consider the wildflowers. The sun comes up and they're smiling. And that's God provides them with sunshine and rain. The flowers trust the Lord. And your life is worth more than that. Number two, depression. Again, why should we be depressed if we love the Lord? God calls our souls to find rest in Him. He puts joy in our hearts. He fills us with happiness. We cannot serve two masters. 
You cannot serve the master of being sad, being anxious, being depressed in the Lord. God is calling us. Depression is where we, we are surrendering our identity in Christ alone in this identity of circumstances. We wake up each morning and say, God, I'm yours. I live this day. I live this Labor Day weekend for you. That's what Jesus is telling us. Every day is a choice of which master are you going to serve. The master of just the rat race of life and this desire for more and more and more and more. Yesterday, the neighbor across the street, had a yard sale. And I like her neighbor. Maybe he's listening online. So I have to be careful what I say. But his garage, does your garage have a lot of stuff in it? Like pack, pack, pack. It basically looks like he just took his stuff from his garage and he moved it out about 25 feet and put a for sale sign in the yard and started selling his stuff. And I was tempted yesterday morning to go over there. And then I thought, what do I need? All I would literally be doing is taking that man's junk from his garage, literally his garage is directly across from mine, and moving it from his garage to my garage. No difference. The stuff wouldn't even go in the house and go in the garage. It's just, it's just stuff. Have you ever noticed how many self-storage centers and places are around here. Everywhere you go, there's a place you can rent for 40 bucks a month to store your stuff. And Jesus is saying, no! This desire for things and stuff, run from that! How exciting is it to be able to die and go into the presence of God and say, Lord, I gave away every, I, I have nothing with me but my salvation. Like, what, do, what else do I need? Jesus is saying, your life is a picture of you in, in the Lord. Let me identify what Christ is. Let's illustrate this. Now, this is a gruesome illustration. But it really pictures death. And I think it puts our life in perspective. Because I believe these passages here, He's teaching you and I to have a mentality that, guys, your life is the Lord. Here we are at church, and we're having a credible worship time. But all of a sudden, let's just pretend all the doors were closed. This back door here, it busts open. And this beast walks in, like from Beauty and the Beast, and just starts has this ravaging look. And he comes in here. And we're just worshiping along. Singing our songs. Reading our Bible. And he grabs one of us. And mauls us. And takes us out of this sanctuary. And shuts the door. And goes out in the parking lot. And eats us. Alive. And we kind of glance out the window. But we just go on about our service. Two months later, we're here in this worship service. And this beast comes in again and just by random takes one of us. Mauls us. I mean, just gruesome. Goes out of the door. And nobody really thinks about anything. It's just, well, that's, that's the beast. I'm glad it wasn't me. Wasn't my turn. And goes out and, and eats that person in the parking lot. What, a what an awful story to tell. Guys, that's the picture of death. Every time we die, that is literally what happens. One person is removed. We have a 100% death rate. Death takes our life. Now, whether or not we die in peace, a peaceful death, or we die in a tragic accident, the truth is Jesus is telling us you're going to die. Your life will come to an end. And you will stand before the Lord. And all that matters is your soul. Did you serve the Lord? 
Or did you serve some other master? You cannot serve. Verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. That's what he's telling us here. And I think the, the scripture, the reminder for us with this is some of us, we're going through life, we're looking around, and we have found ourselves, it says we'll hate the one and love the others. Guys, it's possible for us actually to hate God, and you don't even realize it. And say, Pastor, how do you do that? We hate God by a life of neglect, a life of being consumed with things and worldly desires and passions. If you go through life anxious, depressed, you're saying, God, I don't really trust you. I'm worried. I'm concerned. I've got these things and issues in my life. And I'm going to focus my attention on these things instead of the Lord. And God is calling you in this passage to say, will you surrender all? Do you believe me? This past week, I went down to a funeral service down in South Kentucky, and I drove through Danville. And that was my first time in Danville, and Danville's a neat place to visit. Rich history there, Center College is located there. Uh, but one of the neat things about Danville, I have a picture of it here up on the, on the board. I took this picture. I stopped by First Baptist, and I love Baptist churches. And I stopped by First Baptist Church of Danville. Now, First Baptist Danville used to be located in downtown Danville, but they outgrew right there across. You know, that's where our state or our commonwealth was constituted right there in Danville, First Capital. But, um, and right across the street from that was First Baptist Church. Isn't it neat? The state began right across the street from where that little state house began was the First Baptist Danville uh, right there. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, legacy for Kentucky Baptists. But First Baptist Danville moved out to the bypass. Lottie Moon was a member of First Baptist Danville from 1868 to 1871. She taught school at Center College. Lottie Moon grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, left and came over here to Kentucky, taught school at an all-female academy that then later became Center College. Then she went down to Cartersville, Georgia. Um, then from there, she went over to China for 39 years and was Southern Baptist's greatest missionary. We have the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that's named after Lottie Moon. Nearly two billion, not million, billion dollars have been given in 102 years to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's our prized offering as Southern Baptists. What a rich history that this young lady, Lottie Moon, came from a very wealthy family in Charlottesville, Virginia. The little lady, and she was passionate about ministry and missions. God called her from teaching school there at Center College, and then down in uh, uh, um, Cartersville, Georgia, to the mission field to go witness to people in China in a language she didn't even know. She had to learn it. And I think what's powerful about her life, this single lady, never married, she gave all to the Lord. And I imagine in 1868, this is after the Civil War, 1868, this is Reconstruction here in Kentucky. This little lady would have never imagined that while she's down the street, she is a Sunday school teacher and she was very active there teaching children at First Baptist Danville. She never would have dreamed, she was in her 20s, serving her local Baptist church. She never would have dreamed the rest of her life, she would be serving for nearly 40 years in China as a missionary. And then after she's gone, Southern Baptists would be inspired. Thousands of them, millions of them, have been moved by her story of leaving everything and, and, and going to China. One of the neatest stories about Lottie Moon is actually 
after she died. She died in the harbor. She got very sick there in China and was coming back. She died in the harbor of Kobe, Japan on a boat. And that boat finally made it back to America. And do you know, she had all she had with her when she got back to Charlottesville, Virginia, her family, family farm. This is in the early 1900s, 1912. She had this little chest, and it had a Bible and like her journal and a couple of changes of clothes. That's all she owned. That's it. Few clothing items, her journal, and a Bible. And it was meager. And you think this person who had such a commitment and love for the Lord had actually very little to no possessions. Listen to me. What Jesus is telling you and I this passage, our greatest impact you and I will make is not going to be here on earth. Our greatest impact we make in others will actually be while we're in heaven. Our legacy lives on. Lottie Moon made a bigger impact after she died in her letters she wrote, in her stories, in the people there, the revival that broke out in China. I mean, there's a plaque 45 minutes south of here that we're still remembering her ministry and her life in Danville, Kentucky from 150 years ago. What an impact she's made. And that Jesus is asking you and I, how will you use your possessions, your things, to actually influence and impact kingdom ministry long after you're in heaven with Jesus? Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Not seek first our earthly kingdom. Not seek first the worldly possessions that's just such a lure in our life, these desires that have such a pull on everything about us. Serving two masters. This is how you serve two masters. Everywhere you go, and Jesus even illustrated who the other master is. He says you cannot serve God and mammon. And if you have a King James Bible, that word mammon is capitalized. Say, why is it capitalized? Because it's a false god. Money is a god. And if you and I aren't careful, we will go through life. And this is all we will ask. How much does it cost? How much is she worth? How much did that, how much did that, they spend on that? And all you do is put a price on everything. You literally do. How much? What's the value? What will I pay for this? When you do that in your life, when you run everything you see through the lens of money, you will find yourself serving the God of mammon. Because you have no longer focused on the Lord. You're trying to serve another master. The more we love money, the more we love our possessions, the less we love God. As your obsession for money increases, your passion for God decreases. You cannot be passionate for money and passionate for God. You can work, 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 work. You work 150 hours a week if, you're, if it's possible. And have all sorts of things. Yet we have no passion, no time, no desire for God. Jesus is telling us to be delivered of that. Look at this. Why do we not worry about our lives? There is a difference between worrying, being anxious, being concerned, being fretful, and being prudent in planning. God calls us to be planners. God calls us to be prudent. It is a sin to be a worry ward. You will worry yourself to the grave because worry is telling God, God, I don't trust you. You have to trust the Lord with your doctor's appointments, 
your money, your health, your, your family, your children, your teenagers. You just have to trust the Lord. All you can do is pray about it. You can't change the future anyway. God holds the future in His hands. We don't control the future. Jesus is reminding us. Look at this. Look at verse 27. Matthew 6, 27. This is a powerful Bible verse. Can any of you add one moment to his life span by worrying? Like, what, what good is it for you by worrying about something? The coronavirus can cause you to worry yourself sick. And I even found myself doing this. This week, I was somewhere, and a guy stuck his hand out to shake my hand. And seven months ago, I never would have thought twice about that. Probably the first one, I almost was hesitant to put it out there. I said, do I shake hands anymore? That's worrying. That passage is also being careful. But I've been conditioned now. You probably have been conditioned. You don't touch other people. You stay six feet away. If you touch someone... You'll get the coronavirus and die. That's what we're told. And I think what we have to do, God is telling you and I, we have to be prudent and wise and use wisdom. Not be someone who's just going through life scared to death. You cannot add one moment. If anything, worrying, it takes away moments of life you'll find yourself going to the grave earlier. Are you a worrier? Are you anxious? Jesus is speaking to you this morning, and he's saying, Sue, trust me. Todd, put it in my hand. Dawn, I'm here for you. He's speaking to you, calling you online, audience, saying, you need to believe in me. When you worry, this is, I want to conclude on this. When you're worrying, you're telling God, God, I do not trust you. So we're telling the Lord. And God is reminding you and I, just like that picture of the Sea of Galilee, with those wildflowers and lilies, And Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. Consider the lilies of the field. They're here today and gone tomorrow. God supplies their needs. And how much more are you worth more than flowers? Jesus Christ loves you. He died on the cross for you. He's asking you and I, we trust Him with our salvation. We have given our lives to Him. Can you not trust the Lord in every area of your life? Every area. He's calling us. The anxious, worrisome Christian, worrisome person, is saying, God, I don't don't believe you can do it. I'm worried. Your hand's not long enough. It's going to come up short. Remember, All of us are going to die. We will stand before the Lord and give an account. And I want my life, I want your life to be someone that says, just like David says, I have trusted the Lord all the years of my life. There should not be seasons that you have failed to trust God. If you are in a season that you are not trusting God, that you have your doubts, you need to repent of that and say, God, remove this worry from me. Remove any fears that you have, that I have allowed the devil to instill inside my heart. God, I trust you with, with my health. Whatever happens, Lord, I'm in your hands. This morning, what's God asking you to do? Answering those two questions. How do we store up treasures in heaven? We do it by realizing the things here on earth we should be using for an eternal impact. So Daniel, how do you do that? 
you tithe your church. You give to people and to things. You help, you give to ministries and to missions. You help fund children go to youth camp. Fund uh, teenagers maybe going to Christian school. Anything to help advance the gospel. A young man going to seminary, you help him pay for it. Any way of someone wanting to do the Lord's work or learn about the Lord. You buy someone a Bible. You buy them a book. saying learn about the Lord. You're helping advance the ministry. You're serving. You're being like Lottie Moon. You're giving. You're going. You're not living your life saying, I want more, so that one day you have to have a garage sale because your garage is filled with junk. That's how we, you have to say, I, I want to be like Lottie Moon, where I die, all I've got is a chest and some changes of clothes, uh, a journal and a Bible, and that's it. That's Lottie Moon's life. Here we, she, here we are, 102 years later, talking about her, and she's raised nearly $2 billion for missions. The woman had nothing. That's how we store up treasures. We have to look and say, what's the eternal impact? We want this church to reach this lost and dying city that's going to hell here in Lexington. People are lost without Jesus. That's focusing on everything but the Lord. We want this church to impact this community. We want our college ministry, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our senior adult ministry to reach lost people for Jesus. That's the church I want to give to. That's the church I want to belong to. I hope you do too. It's making an eternal impact. If we're not making an eternal impact, what business are we in? Why has God blessed you? Secondly, what do we see here? How do we not worry about our lives? We just, we, we have to look at every area of our life. Say, God, is there any area that I'm worried or I'm anxious about? Because if that's an area, that means I do not trust you. God, I trust you with everything. How do you do it? You say, God, I don't want to be a practical atheist. A practical atheist is a worry ward. Well, every time you're worrying, you're basically saying, God, I don't believe in you. Do you believe God? Do you trust God? And if you do, we surrender to the Lord, and tomorrow will take care of itself. It's another day. We say, this is the day the Lord has made. God, I'm yours. This morning, I want you to give your life to Jesus. Some of you here are spiritually lost. Jesus Christ is calling you to completely trust Him in every area, including your eternal soul. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you want to get saved this morning, if you want to trust the Lord, even our online audience, I want you to give your life to Jesus. You repeat after me. You say it quietly. You can pray and give your life to Jesus this morning. Dear Jesus, I trust you. I'm no longer going to worry. I surrender all. I'm no longer going to serve two masters. Jesus, I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Bible says, if you said that prayer, you trusted Jesus, He saves all of you. You no longer serve God versus mammon. You serve solely the Lord God. We're going to close here in a, in a song. I surrender all. Next week, we'll resume our public invitation. But today, David Dell is going to lead us here in our song, I surrender all. So let's stand together. It's a great song to close out.